Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm excited about this series, God dot dot dot. And lesson one, my brother Tony taught, and he taught the fact that God promotes. Lesson two was last weekend, and Pastor Rick Fritz taught God heals, and I get to teach lesson three in the rest of the series. And my lesson title is God Leads. We're going to talk about God leading us in a very special way, and we're going to have a blast as we do that. I want to open with a story. Um, My brother Michael began dating his wife, Barb. They began dating in high school. Michael was a sophomore, and Barb was a freshman, and I was a senior. And uh, we were all in school together. And so then Mike and Barb accepted Christ. I accepted Christ. And about after I was a Christian for 10 years, uh, I was with Mike and Barb, Gene and I, and Barb said something to me that shocked me. She said, Joe, when I met you, you were the meanest, scariest, angriest person I've ever met. And I'm wondering, where's this going, right? You know, I said, I wasn't that bad. She said, oh, you were. And she said, I told Mike, I never met anybody as mean and angry and scary as your brother. And Mike goes, I know. And uh, <laughs> seriously, Mike's sitting there and he goes, I know. And uh, I said, Barb, I'm, I'm so sorry. She said, no, no, here's why I'm telling this to you. She said, now, now I'm a Christian about 10 years. She said, Joe, I am just amazed at the change that God brought into your life. She said, it's like you're a different person. She says, now you're really kind and you're really sweet and you're really nice. And I said, for 20 bucks, you could go on with five more (laughs) descriptions, right? And uh, I said, well, thank you, Barb. She said, no, Joe. She said, I am absolutely amazed at what God's done to change you. And it got me to thinking when I was preparing this lesson that God's doing that in so many of our lives and he's changing us. And it's a wonderful thing. And it's this verse of scripture I want to open up and talk to you about today. It's Romans 8, 14, and it goes like this. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And, you know, the Holy Spirit leads us in so many ways. When we come to those forks in the road, he wants to help us decide to go right or left. He wants to lead our steps in everyday life and our careers and our purpose. He does that and, and, and always does that. But I'll never forget the day when this came alive to me, and I realized it was talking about God leading us to a place of freedom in our life. That's the whole context here. It's God bringing us to freedom. So think about the things you struggle with. Uh, Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's anxiety. um, Maybe it's anger. uh, Maybe it's a sin of some sort. But just think about those things that you're always trying to free yourself from. And that's actually what this text is talking about. It's only by the Holy Spirit and his help that we're ever going to become free. So I want to help you understand this and see it. We want to highlight the fact that God wants to lead us to freedom in this lesson. And I want to just begin. I want to get into this verse and the verses before it, but I just want you to see the context that it sits in. It's a powerful context. It would be Romans chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8. I'm going to just describe all those chapters with one sentence. Just help you see what's happening here. So uh, we're going to have a blast as we do it. And I want you to know this is where I want to take you today. This is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And it goes like this. God can help you not act like you. Isn't that awesome? Now, we're not talking about your personality because you know what? 
personalities are awesome and personalities are what makes, makes us unique. So God doesn't want us to be a bunch of robots and uh, he wants you to be you. We're talking about that part of you that's not so good, right? And God wants to help you not act like you. And that's what my opening story is all about. That's why I shared it. God helped me not act like me. He changed me. I'm still the same guy, but he changed the negative parts of me and helped me overcome some things. And of course, I'm still growing like everyone else in this room, and this is a process. So this is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than you ever did, TCI, Borman, more clearly than we have ever understood it. So let, let's just go through Romans real quick. Here's Romans chapter 5. It teaches us how God's grace saved us when we trusted in Jesus. And this is a huge Bible revelation. Paul's writing this, but God's giving him the words to write. And this fifth chapter is amazing because it says there's not an, any amount of works you can do to be justified before God. You can only be justified by trusting in Jesus. It's a very powerful chapter. I want to encourage you to read all these chapters this week. And then here's chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 teaches us that we died to sin, and thus we are free from its power. This has powerful phrases in it, like if you've accepted Christ, you've been baptized into Christ. Not water baptism. Water baptism symbolizes this. You've been baptized into Christ, and you're crucified with him, and you're dead. That's referring to the inner you, and then God made you new, and you're a new creation. It's a powerful chapter. But then chapter 7 deals with this. Romans chapter 7 teaches us that we can still struggle with sin even though we're dead to sin. This is really famous. You've had to hear it quoted. This is where Paul says, the things I want to do, I end up not doing. And the things I don't want to do, those are the things I end up doing. And, and he's frustrated. He says it two times in chapter 7. And he's like, the things I want to do, I should do, I don't do. That means he dealt with a complacency problem. Anyone in here ever deal with spiritual complacency? Maybe even other complacencies, right? He, Paul's dealing with it. And then he says the things I shouldn't do. He knew what the Bible said, and he knew the Old Testament. And he, he was a, a Bible scholar before he met Jesus with the Old Testament, the Jewish Bible. And he said, the things I shouldn't be doing, I keep doing. So he's saying, I keep struggling with sin. Isn't that encouraging to know the guy God chose to write three quarters of the Bible struggled and had to grow, right? So he's just saying, I am so frustrated. And at the end of chapter seven, he says, who's going to set me free from me? <laughs> and then he gets into chapter eight. Now, let me tell you something about Romans chapter eight. 300 pastors were asked, if you were stranded on, on a, an island, and you were not allowed to have the Bible, but you could have just one chapter in the Bible, which chapter would you choose? And I want you to know up front, it was not multiple choice. They didn't give them like five chapters. It was blank. It was fill in the blanks. Think about that. They asked 300 pastors. Do you know that 90% of them, that would be 270 out of 300, said Romans chapter 8? Theologians consider this the greatest chapter in all the Bible. And so that's why this week, it's so much better if you read chapters 5, 6, 7, and then get into chapter 8. Read it in a couple different translations. Absolutely amazing. But let's begin to take a look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 begins by removing guilt from our lives. And think about it. God's given Paul the words to write. In chapter 7, he's just like so frustrated. And then he begins Romans 8 with this verse. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. That means if you're a Christian, there's no condemnation. You may not understand that word. It literally means condemning sentence. 
And so when you and I were born into the earth, uh, the Bible says we were slaves to sin. The Bible says we were separated from God. The Bible says we were doomed. We couldn't go to heaven. So Jesus came and he said, Father, I will take their, their punishment. I will take their sin and you punish me for them. And that's what the cross is all about. God punished Jesus for us. And so uh, Jesus took all, all the condemning sentences away from you. He, he took all your sin. And when you accepted him, you are now holy, righteous, and blameless in God's sight. And you guys hear me say that a lot because it's one of the most important things in the Bible, right? And so Paul is letting us know, hey, you're struggling. I struggled. But I want to let you know something. Do not walk around with guilt because Jesus took your sentence. Jesus took your punishment. And if he took your punishment, you're not headed for punishment. Here's what God wants to do in your life. He wants to grow you, but there's only one way to grow. And that's what the next verse is talking about. I say it this way. Romans chapter 8 then declares that we have a new ability within us that enables us to say no to sin or fear or anxiety or anger or whatever it is. We can say no to it. And it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's amazing. So here's verse 2. You ready? Romans 8, 2 says, And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to resist temptation, to overcome fear, to overcome anger, to overcome all those things that you and I deal with it's only by the life-giving spirit. And that's what this chapter is opening up to us. And remember John chapter 8, verses 32 and 33? Jesus said, if you abide in my word, which means read the Bible, read it a lot, love it, keep reading it, you know, hear people teach it. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, then you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So that's why I always encourage people, read your Bible, man. Get on a Bible reading program. Listen to your pastor. Listen to others teach. Why? You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But you don't just need the Word. You also need the Holy Spirit. They work together. He opens up the Word, and He gives you strength that you don't have. So you have to have both of them moving in your life at the same time. In Romans 8, it's dealing with the Holy Spirit and His power and His life. So I like to say it this way. Romans chapter 8 finishes this thought by teaching us that we can allow the Holy Spirit to turn off our sin nature. Now, guys, every one of us, whether we accepted Christ or not, in our bodies, the Bible calls it our flesh in most translations, in our bodies is what we call the sin nature. In other words, when you accepted Jesus, your body did not change, right? You looked the same in the mirror, right? After you accepted him, after you decided to follow him, your body has a sin nature. And you and I are never gonna overcome it by white knuckling it. You know what white knuckling is? Uh, you have fear, you have anxiety, uh, whatever it is. Uh, sin's tempting you and you just hold on for dear life and say, I hope this ends, I hope this ends, I hope this stops. And you just hold on for dear life can we all agree it doesn't work? You need some help. You have to have supernatural help in over to overcome. The law calls it, or the Bible calls it the law of replacement. It's an amazing law. I use this example a lot, guys, and people tell me, they say, when you shared that example, the first time I heard it, it changed my life. And so I use it a lot. But if it were nighttime in Boardman, TCI are here, we, we shut off all the lights, the, the lobby lights, every light, 
every light's off, it's nighttime, parking lot lights are off, and this room's completely dark, Borman's dark, TCI's dark, and I gave everybody in a room a bucket. I said, let's open these doors and let's shovel the darkness out of this room. Can you agree we'd be shoveling all night? And this room's dark, it's gonna stay dark, right? You know why? Darkness is the absence of light. And the only way to get rid of it is to turn light on or bring light into a room. Well, your body's like a dark room. And the only way for you to have power to resist all the fear, the anxieties, all those things, the anger, the sins that try to get you, is to flood your body with life. The Bible has life, and then the Holy Spirit has that life that works with the Bible. And if you don't flood yourself with life, then you're, you're going to struggle your whole life. And here's what I want to happen. God can help you not act like you. You'll keep acting like you. But on the inside, you'll be like Paul. You'll say, I love him, but I just keep messing up. And all the things I want to do, I don't do. And I want to do this more, and I want to do this for God, and I want to live this way. And then I don't do it. it you're going to need some help to do it. And that's what this chapter is all about. So he says this in Romans 8, 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh. That's our sin nature, our bodies, um, to live according to it. We have to go beyond that by allowing God to give us strength. And listen to the next verse. For if you live according to your flesh, your natural desires, your sin nature, you will die. And it's not talking about physically dying or spiritually dying. It just means you're going to have death floating in your life. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. The Holy Spirit, if, if you allow him, he'll lead you to freedom, and he'll allow you to overcome all those things that are tormenting you. Fear, anger, you name it, anxiety, sins. He'll give you the strength. And that's when my life changed, when I saw that. And the very next verse, verse 14, says this. For those who are led by the Spirit of God or the children of God. He didn't just throw that in to talk about God leading you in your everyday life, which he does. He's talking about God leading you to a place of freedom by his Spirit. And that's an incredible thing. So I want to try to help all of us see this more clearly. And I think one more book of the Bible will help us, Galatians chapter 5, because that's where Paul also wrote about this, and it's pretty powerful. He talked about the works of the flesh, and he names them all, and I'm, I'm just, no need to name them all. We all know what we struggle with, right? Um, but he says this in Galatians 5.16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So if we can walk by the Spirit, it will give us strength, a lot of replacement. It will cut the power of our flesh down. I like to say it neutralizes it, supersedes it, and we'll have the ability to resist and we'll have the ability to change. Listen to the next verse. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. To be under the law means we're powerless, we're white-knuckling it, we're trying to, we're trying to find out what, what we should do and then trying to do it with our own strength. But listen to what he says. If you're led by the Holy Spirit, that's how are you led by the Spirit? He leads you to freedom. How does he lead you? By walking in the Spirit. So I thought, hey, let's talk about how you and I can walk in the Spirit. It's not weird. So you can take a deep breath. We're not going weird today, okay? Um, but but it's, it's God. It's just, it's, it's the Spirit of life. It's incredibly precious. And there's nothing like it. It will bring you peace, and we talk about peace, we talk about joy. God wants to flood you with it. And he also has this thing called life, which gives you the power to resist and gives you the power to change. So I'm gonna give you four things you and I can do, all right? Here's the first one. 
we have to desire the Holy Spirit's help. Holy Spirit's a gentleman. And if you don't, if you don't ask him to help, he will sit. He's inside you, by the way. He lives in you. He will just sit and, and he will not interrupt you. He will not bother you. You have to desire him. The Bible says the Holy Spirit can be grieved and he can be quenched. To quench him means you just kind of turn him off, right? It's like, all right, you don't, you don't want me. I'll wait till you want me. And all of us have somebody like that in our life that we would help them if they let us help them, right? And I, I have some relatives. I say, hey, they're struggling maybe with their marriage or something else. And I say, hey, when, whenever you need help, it's free. Man, I do this for a living. I'll help you, right? And uh, just let me know. And then they don't let me know. They never want help. And so I watch them struggle. I watch their lives hurt. But I can't force myself on them. I'm a gentleman. I'm not going to force myself. But I'm waiting. That's how the Holy Spirit is with us. He's just waiting to help. But we have to come to a place where we, we let them know, hey, I want your help. And I want to show you a verse of Scripture. It's, it's about the gifts of the Spirit, which we're not talking about. But where do they come from? The Holy Spirit. And it just shows us how he works. Listen to 1 Corinthians 14.1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So chapter 12, 1 Corinthians talks about the nine gifts. Chapter 13 says, hey, that's, that's really great. Those are going to help you. Uh, some of you are going to flow in different ones, but love is the most important thing. And then he starts chapter 14 by saying, follow the way of love, but eagerly desire gifts. Here's what I learned about the Bible. You guys ready? God never tells you to do something unless you have to do it in order to have results. In other words, if the Holy Spirit could work in your life if you didn't desire him, God wouldn't tell you to desire him. It's like a switch, and it turns him on to be able to help you, not just in this area, but in every area. That's why I say we have to desire the help of the Holy Spirit. We have to say, I want your help. I, I, want, I want more of God, and we just have that desire. It's like a switch. I like to look at it this way. Did you see the phrase eagerly desire, guys? That Greek word is an amazing word. Do you know what it means? It means to be zealous. It means to be so excited that you want something more than anything else on the planet. That's pretty cool, right? And so when I met Gina, I met her in Bible school. She grew up in Chicago. I grew up here. And I'm roommates with my brother, Tony, who was here two weeks ago. And I took her out on a first date. And after that first date, all I did, I'm telling you, in the morning I wake up and I say, Tony, Gina this, Gina that. And she's so cool and she's so pretty. And then after school, we'd come into our apartment, Tony. Gina said this and Gina did this and she's wearing that. And then at night I'd say it again. Went on a couple days. Tony hadn't met her yet. And after a couple days, Tony said, Joe, I haven't met Gina yet, but I'm beginning to hate her. Um, that's what he said. He said, I'm beginning to hate her. He goes, you got to stop talking about her. I said, Tony, I can't. I can't. That's eagerly desired. That's what that word, that's the picture it's painting. You want it. Now, some of you are here saying, I don't know if I want more of God. I don't know if I want God active in my life. Maybe you did it one time, but now you don't, or maybe you never did. I'm going to show you a scripture before we close to show you how to get that happening in your life. But first thing about walking in the spirit, we have to eagerly desire the Holy Spirit's help. Here's the second thing. Uh, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is where people can get nervous, like, oh no, we're going to talk about being filled with the Spirit. Most of you know this, but I'm, I'm Spirit-filled. I'm a charismatic. And what happened in my life is I met Jesus when I was 19. I accepted him watching a, a TV show about, you know, 
Christianity. I knelt down in my office and I prayed and I said, Jesus, I accept you as Savior. That happened two or three o'clock in the afternoon. This man that was sharing Christ with me for months gave me a Bible, so I opened it up right after that time. Uh, it's still the same day, and I, I opened it to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Isn't that crazy? I never heard anybody teach on that in my entire life. I read chapters 12, 13, and 14, and something kept standing out to me. It was that speaking in other tongues. I'm like, That's, what in the world is that? So I'd read it again, i read it again. So then I just said, God, I don't know what this is, but I want it. Never heard a preacher talk about it. Never was in a, any kind of church that was into it. And that night, later that night, the Holy Spirit literally, I, I felt his presence come upon me, and I, I was spirit-filled at that time. I began to speak in the spirit or with other tongues. And believe me, people can get weird with that, but can you all agree I'm not weird? Come on, give, give me an I'm not weird, right? All right, I'm a normal guy. But these things are real, man, and I've learned people have to be ready. I've learned that... You can't force anything on anybody. And I've learned some things are for small groups and some things are for behind closed doors and other things are for public. But I'm telling you, I'm not weird. And listen, guys, it's not good when you have to tell people you're not weird, right? I swear, I'm not weird. <laughs> um, so we're going to look at a verse that talks about being filled. It's Ephesians 5.18. It says this. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God, huge droughts of him. It means you can keep filling yourself with more and more of him. Most translations say it this way. Be not drunk with wine. We're in his excess. But be filled with the Spirit. And the Greek language is in continuous tense, which means keep on being filled. So it's not that one event. That one event does you no good if you don't use it, okay? So we're talking about being filled with the Spirit, but there, there's more than one way to be filled with the Spirit, because God knew not everybody would want to be filled with the Spirit. He knew not everybody would desire it. So he gave us a couple ways. Isn't that cool? God's that smart, right? And so one way is by praying in the Spirit. That will fill you with the Spirit. The other thing that praying in the Spirit does is God prays through you. So I pray that way over you guys regularly. So uh, not only am I praying what I know to pray, God's praying supernatural things through me for you that he knows that are going on in your life that I don't even know are going on in your life. So it's a pretty cool tool, but you can also be filled through something else. And you know what else can fill you with the Spirit? Worship. And that's, by coincidence, that's why the next two verses talk about it. Can we look at the next two verses? Uh, verses 19 and 20. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. I like that. Um, all I can think about is 99 bottles of beer on the wall, 99 bottles of beer. Take one down, pass it around, 98 bottles of beer on the wall. Hey! Um, I sang that a few times in my early days. So, so, sing hymns instead of drinking songs, right? Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our Master, Jesus Christ. It's connecting that to being filled. That's the verse right above it. Some translations say, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Hey, can we all agree that every time we sing here, the songs at the beginning, don't you feel better when, doesn't it do something? It's, it's hard. I'm telling you, if I play worship music, in my car, it's hard, it's hard for me to get mad at the person that just, you know, did something and cut me off. But if I don't have worship music on, it's a little different. I can, I can really go there, you know. Um, that, that atmosphere floods you with God's life. And that's, that's what I mean when I say be filled with the Spirit. It's going to flood you with the life of God. So I encourage people, you know, 
have a devotional life. And, you know, if you have to get up at 7, get up at 6.30. If you have to get up at 6, get up at uh, 5.30. Or, you know, give yourself 15 minutes. Some of you are night people. I can't, I can't read my Bible or worship at night. I'll fall asleep in two seconds, you know. I'm at that age where, no, I'm done. I turn the news off. I'm done. Um, so, so we're all different there, right? So I have to get up and I have to do things in the morning. But it's an amazing thing it will begin to flood you with the life of God. And isn't it easy for us as Christians to get out of that, that life-giving stuff? And so I'm just, the Holy Spirit leads you by you walking in the Spirit. You walk in the Spirit by allowing him to flood and to fill you. There's a couple ways to be filled, but we all need to say, God, I desire more of you. I desire you to flood my life. Here's number three, and this one's important. Be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Here's what I noticed about God. If you read your Bibles and you worship and you pray in the Spirit if you're Spirit-filled, um, the Spirit of God will begin to deal with your heart to stop doing some things that are sabotaging your life. Then he'll deal with you to begin to do things that will actually bless your life. And he's always going to be dealing with you, but you and I have to say, all right, I'm, I'm going to do that. So I, use, I like this example. When I first accepted Jesus, because I always want to help the new people that are just coming in too, um, I really love bars and nightclubs. I like them a lot. And I'd get on that dance floor, and I, you know, I was more of a, whatever that is, disco guy. I can't dance, I stunk. But I just liked the atmosphere. And then I'd drink, and then I'd always drink too many beers, you know, start singing that song. And, and uh, one day, God spoke to my heart about not going into that atmosphere. And let me tell you what was happening. I would pray before I'd go to a nightclub, I'd say, God, Give me the strength today to share Jesus with somebody and not to drink too much. And every time, I just drank too much. Never talked to anybody about Jesus. And, uh, and so I'd say, now, Lord, tonight, give me the strength. And then the same thing would happen, right? And so one day the Spirit just dealt with me. He said, Joe, you're not strong enough to go in that atmosphere. If you want victory there, you, you have to not go there. And, and, and I just remember obeying God. No preacher told me, I said, all right, God. He dealt with my heart to do that, and that changed my life. And he'll change your life every time that he wants you to do something. He'll change your life. So currently, recently, I find myself sometimes wanting to throw things at my TV <laughs> when I'm watching the news. Anybody here ever feel that way? And so I, I, I keep saying, today I'm not going to be angry. Today I'm not going to be angry. And so then I just... God just dealt with my heart. Joe, just watch a little bit. Find out what's happening. But you can't sit. If you sit there, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bug you. So I, I just hardly watch the amount of news I used to watch because I love to watch and see. I just stopped watching most of it. I read a lot to find out because there's no emotion in what you're reading, right? And I'll read the Internet to see what's going on. But God will deal with you on what to do and what not to do. Here's the final thing. This one's really important. Um, we have to release Holy Spirit-filled words. And this is important. Remember how we talked about that um, darkness is the absence of light? Can we all agree our, our minds can just have all kind of thoughts come in and we can love Jesus here and have crazy thoughts hitting us here? They could be fear, anxiety, anger. They could be sin thoughts. And no matter how much you know, you have to speak words to those thoughts or they're going to torment you 
whether they're fear or anger, whatever they are. That's why the Bible says you have to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. How do you do it? You speak, the Holy Spirit will, will remind you of a scripture. You just speak to it and say, no, God has not given me a spirit of fear and I'm not gonna fear. And it's amazing what happens. That's like opening the, the, the door or turning the lights on. The darkness up there disappears. It's the most amazing thing. It's taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And if you just sit still and don't open your mouth, you're, you're not going to walk in the freedom. But the Holy Spirit will deal with you. Speak to that thing. Tell that thing where it should go. There are some things we can tell them where they can go, right? Just tell it where it should go. And it's amazing what happens in the freedom that comes. So we're talking about four things, right? We need to eagerly desire the Spirit. We need to want Him, be filled with Him, be obedient to Him, and then release and speak to those thoughts of fear and anxiety, whatever they are. And then God will just bring you, he'll keep walking you. That's the power of the Holy Spirit that will walk you to a place of freedom. I can stand before you and say that God's able to do that. Some of you might be here saying, you know what, Boardman, TCI, you guys, I don't, I don't even know if I want more of God. I, I used to be so zealous, but I'm not so much now, or I've never been zealous. I know some people that accept Christ, and, I, and they're never on fire, you know? And we're all different, right? Uh, I think if you're really sinful, you come in and really you're just on fire because it's like, oh, it was so dark. Now there's some light. Woo, this is nice. And you, you, you just go after God. I'm not, I don't hate everybody. Yeah, I'm happy. Um, and then if you're kind of a good person, um, you don't notice the big difference, right? But you can ask God to help you. Here, here's my scripture. This is the one I promised to share at the end of my message. I know, it's, can you believe it's over already? It went so fast. Philippians 2.13. L- listen, for God is working in you, giving you, I love this, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God will literally place desires in your heart. So here's how I pray. I I pray for you guys like this all the time. We did it yesterday morning in my prayer group. We said, Lord, everybody that calls believers their, their home, whether they're TCI, Boardman here, Lord, place a desire in them to serve you, follow you, love you, want more of you. And you know what? That releases God to do things. That's why I'll meet people in the lobbies. They'll say, man, I've been a Christian like for 30 years, but I start coming to church here. And it's like God's doing all these things in my life. I'm telling you, it's not just, the, it's, not, it's, it's not what you think it is. It's God being loose because we're praying for God to work inside people. But you know what? I don't trust that everybody's going to be praying for me or... So I pray this for myself, and I just say, Lord, give me desires to serve you. Because there have been times in my Christian life where I've come to a place and I said, God, you know what? I just feel like I'm going through the motions, man. I I don't love you like I used to. I love you, but I don't have the zeal that I had. And I'll just say, God, you... I just need... I need you to flood me with those... And then you know what God does? He comes in. You give him permission. He begins to change you from the inside out. So if you're here and you say, hey, I, I can ask God to place those desires, and we begin to ask him, and it's amazing. God can help you not act like you. He can help me not act like me. Guys, on every campus, can we bow our heads? Let's pray. Father, I did my best to teach this part of the Bible. We thank you that you're the one that leads us to freedom. We thank you that the Holy Spirit gives us strength we don't have to resist, to say no. We thank you that you changed the very way we think. We thank you that the Spirit of God works with the Bible. Thank you, Lord God. 
And Lord, I'm just amazed at how real you are. I'm amazed at how good you are. And all of us just take a moment. We say, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to take our sentence. Thank you. And Lord, I realize as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, we're all in different places in our walk. But the great encouragement is this is a process and it's never over and we can go forward. Thank you that we can go forward. And Lord, there are some people here, uh, they're struggling greatly and there's a lot of darkness in their life in different areas. It might be as simple as fear or anxiety or Lord, it, it might be all kinds of other things that they're struggling with. We just thank you that you're the God that set us free. And we thank you that the Holy Spirit, if we just give them permission, can take us to a place of freedom. We thank you that he leads us to freedom. We thank you that the word of God sets us free. We thank you for all that. So Lord, here's our heart's prayer. Place desires in us that we don't have. Open our eyes where we can't see spiritually and change us forever. Agree with that prayer. You whisper it yourself and say, change us forever, Lord. I'm going to allow God to do what only God can do. So let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Let's keep praying. But maybe you walked in, TCI Borman here, and you didn't know Jesus when you walked in, or you weren't sure of your forever, or maybe you didn't believe there was a forever, or maybe you weren't sure if God existed. It doesn't matter, wherever you're at. Here's what I know. The Bible says that God has placed his very power to convert people in the gospel message. And he said, when people hear this message, it penetrates their hearts. It's an amazing message. Here's the message. God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. Jesus died for you. God raised him from the grave. And whoever calls on his name, Jesus will save them. And if you're listening, you say, I can't remember a day when I said, Jesus, I believe that. I want to follow you. You might have grew up in church, but can't remember that day. I grew up in church and I was 19 when I finally saw it and said, Jesus, I accept you. If you're listening, you say, my heart is touched. I'm ready today to pray and accept Christ. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone, Borman, TCI here, can we, can we help them pray? Those of us that have prayed and accepted Christ, can you say this after me? If you're saying it for the first time, simply mean it. Say, Lord God, I realize I need a Savior. And this day I look to your son, Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for me. I accept you as my Savior. And I make a decision today to follow you. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Miracles just happened. You might not have felt it, but God literally, you literally, the real you, your spirit died and you were reborn. You're, You're God's child. Heaven's your future destination. God gave you the gift of eternal life. You may not feel anything, but it just happened. It just happened. It's amazing. You know what else is happening right now? The Bible teaches us that when we accept Christ, all of heaven begins to rejoice. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren 
and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.